getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. What's up, losers? What's up, losers? Today on the old Podsters, we have Aaron <laughs> Kelly. We're so excited. Very um, excited. Yeah, she, we had a really nice conversation with her. So we'll get to it pretty fast. Yeah. We have skipped a couple weeks because of um, the holiday. It snowed here, which was... A lot. Yeah. It was um, fun, though. Yeah. It was very cozy. Yeah. We spent one day in bed... Um, our kids camped out on either side of the bed, <laughs> and we watched Christmas movies. Lots of blankets, lots of pillows. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. There's also, I'll just say real quick, it does feel like a lot of uh, duality going on. Is that mm. the right word? Just like with the terrible Palestinian-Israel crisis. Um, yeah. And... Um, I don't know, in my life personally, <laughs> I just feel like there's a lot of like letting go and also abundance at the same time. Like yeah. we celebrated our 20th anniversary. We didn't really celebrate yeah, it. Yeah, celebrate is maybe not the right. We <laughs> observed it as it moved slowly past us. <laughs> but we will. Yeah. It was our dating yeah, anniversary. Yeah, 20th dating, 20th dating anniversary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a long time. That is a long time. Been Did my you ever girlfriend think... for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think you, you probably did think you would be with someone for that long. Uh, I did assume that when I got married, it would, it would be once. Mm -hmm. But had I married the person I assumed I was going to marry at that <laughs> time, it would definitely not have been only once. <laughs> and it would have been a disaster. Yeah. Well, I personally um, didn't think I would ever want to be with someone that long. Oh, really? You Well, I, I did want to want, like, I did, what am I trying to say? You wanted to want to? I want, yeah. But, like, no, I mean, <laughs> oh, boy. As you'll soon hear in our interview, apparently something's going on with Neptune and Mercury, and I'm having a hard time talking. I mean... <laughs> That I wanted to be with someone forever, but I would always lose interest. Mm. Oh, so you didn't assume, you began I, to assume yes. you would not be able to find it. That's right. And then you manifested me. <laughs> and here I we are. I sprang into being 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to just, you know, really get into it. Um, but one more thing, yeah. um, I will be teaching a webinar. It's very, it's, um, I'm going to be leading people to meet their spirit guides and set intentions. It's on the new moon, December 12th. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be, um, meeting, we're going to be journaling a bit first just to clear off or get more clarity if there's anything um, blocking anyone around the idea of being able to do it mm -hmm. and connecting to this openness to just, you know, create some trust. And then we're going to go to a place called the Temple of Intention. Everyone has their own little Temple of Intention no with their deal. guides and their guides. Oh, we're also going to get clear about the intention. And not it doesn't have to be like a thing to manifest, but just like, <laughs> a, like oh, what do I want to be feeling or experiencing over the next month? And right. with Mercury going into retrograde, 
during that period, it might be nice just like manifesting ease or like, you know, something like that, especially the holidays, maybe like loving connections. Anyway. Would it be possible for someone who is not certain what they intention they want to set to mm -hmm. maybe get that information during this call or during the webinar? Uh, yes. Well, we're going to, yeah, to be tuning into the feelings. Like I said, it can be very, it doesn't have to be, um, like concrete or, or like big or right, something like that. Right. Yeah. But like if someone doesn't know the intention they want to set, mm -hmm. they should still, they could still yes. definitely benefit from this. Definitely webinar. because also you will be meeting your spirit guides who will be, um, you, I always, and I experience healing just being in their presence. Mm. Like, yeah, just more clarity, even if that's what you're wanting. If you don't know and you want to know, you could also manifest clarity. Oh, yeah. Um, and the guides will be like amplifying that and there's, it's just very beautiful having this experience and it's a bit of a precursor to a class I'll be teaching in January where it's a longer spirit guide, um, connection, uh, manifesting again, I'm saying that we're manifesting but what I mean is always just this, my guides help me always just to amplify more of what I already am mm. and help to release any kind of old programming. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. But this one is going to be December 12th. It's going to be recorded, so you don't have to be live. Um, and if you subscribe to my Substack at any rate, the monthly, which is $6 a month, or the yearly, which is 60, you get all of my webinars for free. I mean, when I say all of them, I mean all future ones because I haven't done any in a while. Right. Um, so if you including don't, this one, including that's this coming one. up, yeah. Um, as long as you are subscribing, you get free access, and that's a great deal, if I do say so myself. And um, what was I going to say about it? Who knows? Oh, it's $22 <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. So, of course, you do not have to subscribe to my Substack, no. which is a newsletter in case people don't know what that is. Um, uh, either way, I'll be happy to see you there. Yeah. It'll be great. It's going to be, I keep saying webinar, it is in webinar form, meaning there'll be a chat happening, but not um, otherwise interact. Like people no mics. Be talking. Yeah. yeah. No mics, uh, no But cameras. you can ask questions in the chat. I encourage it, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can find that information on my website. Definitely. At uh, highlighthealing.com slash set intentions with your spirit guides or, with dashes instead of spaces. That's right. But to subscribe, you can just go to highlighthealing.com and mm. there'll be a banner at the top. Or at the very bottom, you can subscribe to the Substack. Yes, that will subscribe you at the, the free. Uh, free level. Right. You can also upgrade. go to natashalevenger.substack.com and you can choose to upgrade there. Yeah. And if you happen to be living in Fort Collins, Colorado, I'm teaching a live class with my friend Sarah and we're going to be teaching it about befriending Mercury retrograde on December 16th. Yeah, or if you want to travel right. to Fort Collins, you, you would be also welcome. That's right. We're yeah. teaching it at Golden Poppy Apothecary at 10 a.m., and I'd love to meet anyone in person. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe you're in the area. Who knows? Maybe, you wanna, maybe you're in Denver. You want to drive up. Maybe you're in Boulder. You want to drive down. Maybe I don't you're know in Syracuse, New York, and oh, you really want to take this class. Wow. Well, that would be, you know, <laughs> it's only an hour and a half. I'm just going to set expectations. I mean, it's going to be great. Trust me. But just setting expectations. Okay. Um, okay. So, oh, um, also, we never remember to mention this, but if you would... Be so kind as to subscribe to Getting to Know Woo. Mm. Um, On any of your favorite platforms. That's right. Tell a friend. Review us. Wow. We would 
love it. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. I'm going to tell you about Aaron Kelly. Great. Aaron Kelly is an astrologer and practitioner of the mystic arts based in Portland, Oregon. She offers bespoke astrology readings and personalized ritual design based on your natal chart and desired outcome. Erin is especially adept at helping dreamers and cycle breakers use astrology and ritual to build new beliefs, experience more satisfaction, and create space to thrive. Astrology, combined with the practice of slow magic, the slowing down and stepping into sacred time, deeply connects us with nature and the land to relax, restore, and reveal the natural self. And here is our interview. Hey, Erin, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. Thank you for having me. And we were just talking, well, we were saying a lot of things before we pressed record, but um, Erin is also like me, a Pisces rising, Libra moon, and she's in um, Libra sun. Mm -hmm. And I'm an Aquarius sun, so there is similarity there because we're both double air and the Pisces rising. That's correct. Just once. Lay the groundwork for everybody listening. Exactly. Get, yeah. get ready to hold on to your, your seat, I guess. <laughs> Might drift are, away. Get the, uh, get the tethers attached. Oh my gosh. It's funny you say that because I have talked on here before. Actually, you are like, since you've said that a couple of times, I mean, before we got on here, um, I've talked on here before about how when I'm on a, tra- <laughs> this is so specific, when I'm on a trampoline, have you been on a trampoline recently as an adult? Not recently, no, but yeah. I would love for you to experience this because I, it is so, it's a wild experience for me. And it was only recently identified. Well, I was talking to um, Tess, actually, my former podcast. She was like, oh, you feel like you're going to like, um, oh, because she was saying most people are afraid. She's like, are you afraid you're going to fall? And and I was like, no, I feel like I'm going to like go into the sky. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it really feels like every jump I'm like going to be like, Woo, and I'm never going to go. Yeah, I ha- I experienced that sensation without the trampoline. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably good. It does take a lot of work. I mean, like I part I've talked also about this, but like how energy healing actually has been my ticket into grounding. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you experienced any of that? Yeah, I, I, once I grounding has just been helpful for me in general, uh, in all aspects of my life. And that's a big yeah. part of why like ritual is so helpful too. There's a connection oh. between being embodied and like a ritual practice, just like there is, I think, energetically with the gr- being grounded. Well, we yeah. should just like go right into that then. <laughs> yeah. um, because I was starting to say like, because I have a hard time even like, um, really feeling what does that even mean to be grounded in a body sense like I know what it means in terms of how my life looks which is how energy healing has helped because once I knew okay this is my energy that's other people's energy I'm in my aura like that and then that helps me actually it helped a lot of my ADHD oh but like actually physically feeling my body that's that's been really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and recently a way in has been just feeling sensations, like any sensations. But I've also been in freeze for many, many years and I have trauma. So that's probably part of it. But let's talk about <laughs> ritual. So this is why we're having you on. Awesome. Um, also, you did mention that Mercury. Tell us about Mercury and Neptune today yeah just earlier today we were talking about mercury uh that mercury in the sky is the ruler of this full moon today because the full moon is in gemini but it's also making a square to neptune because of where mercury is in sagittarius or was earlier today and where neptune is in pisces and so you get those two together and uh with mercury in its pre-retrograde shadow as well that can cause some havoc and plus mercury in Sagittarius isn't um, it doesn't have access to all of its normal mercurial mercurial things like it does in like Virgo or Gemini yeah what do you mean like what doesn't it have access to 
Well, meaning like the Sagittarius being um, all about the the spontaneousness and the fiery action kind of bit of Sagittarius where we talked about it earlier, like how there is this quality of like uh, wildfire, like it likes to move and move in a certain flexible way, where if we think about like Virgo, Virgo is just more specific. It's a mutable Uh, sign, but more contained. I see. And it's more, um, I don't want to say like prescriptive in a way, like there's a, there's a set of, yeah, I hate to use the word rules, but there's a a way that it operates. Or maybe like a structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long is this going to be? So Mercury's in Sagittarius for a little while until it goes retrograde till the 14th. Yeah. Yeah. It'll move into Capricorn and I don't know the dates right off the top of my head, um, but very soon because it's close to the end of Sagittarius and then it will station retrograde on December 12th. And so then it'll move back to all the way to the cusp of Capricorn and then back into Sagittarius actually. Mm -hmm. So I want to say it stations direct in Sagittarius again, uh, January 1st or 2nd, depending on your time zone. Yeah. Mm. And since this is coming out on Wednesday, is this Neptune situation still happening? Oh yeah. Neptune moves pretty slow for the most part. I have my ascendant, uh, with Neptune right now. Hopefully it's the the last time. And that's been a pretty wild ride. So, uh, (laughs) when we talk about like being untethered and ungrounded, that's something that, you know, definitely feels more highlighted with, with Neptune there. I actually like this conversation, um, about being like it is possible to be I don't know to like be a person in the world who has this more less tethered to the earth quality and still and still be grounded and still be like you know able to um do whatever you have to do yeah (laughs) I think it's that awareness of like when I'm ungrounded like even now I'm excited to be talking to you all and so I can feel like (laughs) oh like I start to float away and like no no come back come back it's safe to be back and it's that kind of thing where before I didn't wasn't aware of it I would just who knows where I was just disassociated a lot of the time but I think it's real that's our kids would say yeah very real so like floating away but then being able to rein it back in when I notice it yeah when I get excited it's very hard for me or nervous, very nervous or excited. It's so hard for me to be in my body. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. What about you, Brett, who is very grounded person who is, when you get nervous, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you're floating away? (laughs) (laughs) No. um, I feel, I, I feel most of my strong emotions in my body, like my nervousness mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. heart and my stomach and excitement, I guess more in my heart and my head area, mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole head area we're talking about <laughs> to be, I'm sorry to use such clinical terms, but <laughs> that's fascinating. <laughs> I would love to experience that anyway. So um, I recently had an amazing session with Aaron. Everyone should go uh, schedule with her if if you want to. You, but what I love about your um, take on astrology, and you should say this for yourself. I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but um, is the ritual element. So you do the reading, and then depending on what it is the person is wanting, you craft ritual around that. Yes. Yeah. And ritual, I think, is effective no matter what is going on. Like, it doesn't have to have the tie-in to astrology. It's the time and attention that Mm. we put to something. So you can create ritual without astrology. I just like to tie the two together because the way I think about it is that these planetary spirits are already wanting to engage with us in a certain way, Mm. and they're likely bringing us problems to solve, or they're helping us move towards something in our life. And if Mm -hmm. we can tap into that while we're, you know, in a ritual, whatever that might be, 
I find it helps us become more active participants rather than having things happen to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mean like, for instance, what we were talking about with Mercury retrograde, where things can go haywire. If you do, do you, not to put you on the spot, but do you have a ritual for Mercury retrograde in particular? Well, it depends on where it's happening. I haven't really thought too far ahead about like what I'll be doing, but because Mm -hmm. Mercury for me will be, a lot of it will be in the 10th and 11th house, a lot of uh, career and public life and legacy stuff is coming up. And so because you're Pisces, because mm -hmm. your rising is in the first house and that that helps you know, oh, it's in Capricorn and Sagittarius. So actually people can just look in their charts to see where Sag and Capricorn are. And that's where it'll be affecting you. Yeah. And it'll also, because Mercury also rules uh, Virgo and Gemini, those two houses in your chart also might have some, I'll call it interference or maybe Mm -hmm. like some a little bit of disruption. And then if any of your, uh, if you are a Virgo rising or a Gemini rising, then also those have implications too. Um, So it's, there's a whole, there's like, you could probably um, divide it infinitely. (laughs) It's like thinking about all the different ways it might affect you, but yeah, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. And so um, anytime, any retrograde period for any planet is a great time to do anything that starts with RE, you'll hear a lot of astrologers say this, like rest, reflection, review. And so that usually just works out really nicely to see. So I don't have anything particularly planned for this one, but um, I have a, on Wednesdays, which is Mercury's day at Mercury's hour, I have a Mercury veneration practice, which is just acknowledging Mercury and asking uh, or petitioning Thank, being thankful and then maybe petitioning for some grace and so, then using, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, I love that. But so for ritual, like, I know this may seem like a weird question, but how do you describe ritual? And this does feel like a Piscean question. Cause I'm like, what is ritual before you gave me things <laughs> to do? I was just like, I'll light a candle. Cause I don't know what else. Yeah, constitute and, that. and that could constitute a ritual if it, it okay. to me, it's a behavior or an action, something that's visible, uh, which habits and behaviors are that has a meaning. So having okay. your, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker, maybe, maybe not, but I have, I have one cup a day, <laughs> <laughs> just one. And I really look forward to that. And that having that cup of coffee, like before the sun comes up in quiet, um, reflection like that that is a ritual in of itself because it's something that I enjoy and it starts my day I don't really it's the first thing I do before I do anything else Mm. um other than let the dog out but (laughs) (laughs) you know so a ritual is I would say any practice that um has a meaning for you or something that you enjoy like that's probably at like a most basic level uh but then they can become anything basically that you would want. Um, and it's really a creative practice that I enjoy uh, quite a lot. And then combining it with the astrology, I find just gives us so many options and different things to think about that we might not normally think about. And so I recently on, well, maybe not too recently on my Substack was writing about the power of belief. And I was thinking about Mm -hmm. placebo and the placebo effect Mm -hmm. and how it works it works because of the um, the established efficacy of taking medicine makes you better. So even when people know that the placebo is the placebo effect, they still have a positive reaction to it and they still feel an improvement. And that's how powerful like our minds are. And so I look at ritual as an opportunity to align mm. all of these things like our behavior, our intention, our feelings, and we can use emotions, you know, all types of emotions we can use to like focus our um, energy on like what we want to bring forward in life. Mm. So by creating a practice, oh, by uh, I'm kind of going back because the way you talk about planets, I really resonate with because it's like you work with the energy of it. Um, 
like just kind of connecting with the energy as opposed to it, um, I don't know, determining outcomes or something like that, right? Yeah, I, I feel it's very relational. That's been my experience mm. with them is mm-hmm. just getting curious about what they're here to do. And I honestly think that they get just as much out of having our time and attention oh, on wow. them as mm. we get from them. Like it's it's a very symbiotic kind of relationship. And, you know, there we we both have to show up and participate. And they're trying to get our attention, I feel like, all the time. <laughs> um, and sometimes they might have to resort to and and that's not to say like if you're paying attention, like you'll never have another challenge or um, disruption in your day. Like, no, that's not the case whatsoever, but you're a little bit more aware of, uh, how this might show up and you know, who to talk to or who to petition or who to venerate, uh, or remediate, you know, through there's something called planetary charity where you can kind of get ahead. Like if you have a planet in your chart that is, um, you know, in, like Mercury and Sagittarius in a sign where it doesn't have access to all of the things that it can normally do, like successfully moving, like Mercury successfully moves things from like one place to another. And in Sagittarius, that's a, that's a little bit harder for it to do. Um, you can have these practices where you might work to remediate that, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. And so it's really cool. And and so to me, that is just an example of how like it's a it's relational and there's a relationship there how, how would, would yeah go yeah ahead. <laughs> i would just curious how you would like what helping a planet looks like mm-hmm. what what um what doing the remediation might look yeah like. yeah yeah so saturn is a great example um my saturn is in a sign that it's not super comfortable in, and that's Leo. Uh, and I, I talk about this a lot only because Saturn has been probably one of the most challenging planets uh, to work with, but ultimately we've come into a pretty good working relationship with one another. And Saturn um, veneration is, or Saturn charity or remediation is things that Saturn has domain over. So we think about when there are people in our life or people in our society, these would be folks who are old or ill or the elderly, people who are chronically ill, people who might be disabled, people who are in um, institutions as well, mm-hmm. such as prisons or maybe um, hospitals and the like, those are all under the domain of Saturn. And so if you had a Saturn placement that you wanted to um, make an offering, if you would, you know, maybe volunteering or spending time with the elder elderly folk uh, mm-hmm. in your family, there's like different ways to do that. Saturn though, it's a, it's a long game with Saturn though. So <laughs> it's not, it, you can't just be like, oh, I have a challenging aspect coming up. Let me just go do it. It's like, you have to plan a little bit further ahead, hmm. you know, we're so like, it, yeah, go ahead. So it's like, like helping to do the things that it might normally be able to do, like being it sort of boots on the ground. Yeah. You're, you're paying attention to it. Like you're giving it time and attention Mm. essentially. And so like Mars, it would be like the wounded warrior project might be a good Mars vendor, you Mm. know, remediation, planetary charity Uh, for Mm. Venus. It might be um, sex workers, you know, um, those there's different types of you have to become a sex worker no no but you can (laughs) you can well i mean that you know that that probably would work uh but you know that might not be recommended um but there are lots of organizations out there uh like there's one here yeah in portland yeah that provides non-judgmental support um free of religious doctrine and Mm -hmm. and there's no requirement that they leave sex work so yeah that's great Pretty awesome yeah maybe that's why i have a good relationship with saturn because i've always helped old people it's almost yeah. weird <laughs> <laughs> like since i was that very little <laughs> yeah um okay so in terms of i know well, like you're an expert at this and you're so talented in terms of 
like looking at the chart and then and figuring out the specifics. But if somebody was not to like um, keep talking about this, but since Mercury retrograde is coming up and we're in the shadow of it, is there like even if you don't know what house it's in, is there a good way to create a ritual? Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me think about that. Uh, well, the first thing that I would default to is the planetary day and hour. So every out of the seven planets that um, are most easily visible from where we are. So that's, mm -hmm. and I guess, and then two of them are luminaries, the sun and moon, each of those has a, a weekday. So oh, the sun okay. is on Sunday, the moon is Monday, Mars is Tuesday, Mercury is Wednesday, Jupiter is Thursday, Venus is Friday, and then Saturn is Saturday. And so they each have a day. And, you know, you could do mercury type things like around writing or communication or any sort of like review or revision in mercury mercury retrograde like on wednesdays or like mm. every wednesday or mm. during the planetary hour so all of the there's a planetary hour for each um planet a couple of times during the day every mm. day it's just at a different time mm. and so you could do things it, that would just honor Mercury. And one of the most simple things to do is to take a tea light on Mercury's day or at Mercury's hour and then carve the sigil or the glyph, excuse me, for Mercury uh, into the candle and then light it. And just you could thank, I believe in like thanking spirits for what they have given us before we start like asking for things. Like that's mm -hmm. part of the relationship. I always tell people like most of us wouldn't propose marriage on the first date. <laughs> and I think the planetary relationships are similar to that. We really want to um, show respect for that, give thanks. And that's, that's really probably if I didn't have a practice at all, and I wanted to start with Mercury retrograde, I would probably observe Mercury's hour on Mercury's day and just give thanks to Mercury for mm. the communication I do have in my life, mm. you know, the books that I like to read or Mm. Uh, the places I like to travel or the things I like to study, you know, things that are mercurial in nature. That's really interesting. I, I mean, as someone less involved um, or less um, educated on astrology, <laughs> it didn't occur to me before you said this, but I feel like Mercury kind of gets um, shit on a lot because of Mercury <laughs> retrograde. Like it doesn't get credit for the times it's not in retrograde. It's just like, oh, great. Mercury's <laughs> going backwards again. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And Mercury, so like Mars and Saturn are uh, malefic planets, which just means they generally bring us problems to solve, as my teacher Austin Kopic likes to say. And Venus and Jupiter are benefics. They help us move towards things. They usually mm. bring gifts or um, help us enjoy life a little bit more. And then Mercury is neutral. Mercury is not either a benefic or a malefic. And Mercury is just concerned with the movement of goods and services and people and information from one place to another. And that's why travel always goes a little haywire because we're moving people from one place to another and then the internet right the information from one place to another and yeah mercury also i could mercury has so many other great qualities too uh, just in terms of like the messenger and it's a psychopomp meaning that it can travel between all of the worlds um the celestial realm the earthly realm and like the underworld without um any having to pay any tolls and so just very much like the messenger moving between the worlds. And I always found that fascinating. Yeah. How do you know, like, why aren't all the planets like that? Uh, probably because of just the, they all have like their own domain of like what they're um, in charge of. Yeah. See. So like you feel into the energy of that and you can sense that. Well, yes. But also it's about the developing the relationship with it. Like it's some of the things that I feel and express about the planets come from my 
relationship with them, Mm. you know, just working with them over time. And Saturn was the one that was the most challenging for me because of how it is placed in my chart. And that's the one I started with because not even intentionally at the time, this was before I started kind of working with Saturn around areas uh, in discipline and ritualizing the embodiment of taking care of my basic needs, which sounds really no, I make so much. Oh, yeah. But like, oh, of course you need to sleep enough and drink enough uh, water, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But for someone like myself who's neurodivergent, that's very yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. 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 So when you say you ritualized that, how did you do that? Like, what would that look Ooh, like? This is, yeah. So I, <laughs> I made it pleasurable. So my favorite mm. example to share with this one is just the simple way of going to bed on time mm. and getting up on time. Like they're together, but going to bed, especially like if you're super focused in on something or you're having a good time with friends, it's, it's kind of hard to get that sleep rhythm down. Yeah. I let Saturn have. I'll call it veto power on any of the activities I was doing that if it was time to eat or if it was time to sleep, it's time to go. And Mm. just recognizing that giving Saturn that job to do managing my time and making sure I'm fed and hydrated and move my body and going to bed. That was the job for Saturn. However, how I ritualized it for me was I started um, listening to audiobooks or podcasts or certain music as I was falling asleep. I made sure I like, I have nice sheets on the mm. bed. I have a whole like skincare kind of process and routine that I enjoy. So it becomes sensory, it becomes mm. tactile and mm. it's pleasurable. So that helps me look forward to going to bed, which mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. It sounds so simple, like when I say it out loud, but it did make a really big difference in um, my ability to do that. And then, of course, getting enough sleep allowed me to get up on time, which allowed me to do so many other things. Yeah. In my day. Yeah. So Very when you say that Saturn is in charge of that, what how is like, what does that look like? That means like when I am sitting in conversation with Saturn. And that for me happens through a journal. So writing, like that's how I express like what, um, what I need help with or where I would like to focus. Like I'll do that through writing. And I I'm just like Saturn, I really need you to not criticize X, Y, Z or do this, Uh, but I need you to help me. Can you help me make sure that even if I'm having a good time and I'm out with friends and it's getting late that I go to bed, can you mm. help me have that authority mm. where I might not have been so good at putting my needs first mm-hmm. in those very basic ways? Like it was just very easy just to. So not. someone might like a religious person might pray to God to ask for that, but yeah. you're talking to the planets. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's because Saturn's very in my chart where Saturn is, is in the sixth house, which is daily life oh, and it's health. And so sleep and, you know, uh, eating healthy food and drinking water, all very critical things to like yeah. baseline health. And so I, that's <laughs> why my Saturn has that job. If you're Saturn was in a different house, it might look a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. Oh, yeah. because Saturn is like a father figure, kind of like, yeah, I, yeah rules, disciplinary, disciplinary. So it's like whatever house. So like mine is in the second house. So it would be like over my finances, maybe mm-hmm. like help me to like, yeah, have this budget or yeah. Right. Or like even, you know, now everything's different, but I grew up in a time where in the checkbook, you had to like balance the checkbook at the end of the month. Do you remember doing that? Oh yeah. 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 And like Saturn would be, would be in charge of making sure that happened. Uh, Oh, you you just like ask for that help, that help. And then you doing it, you following through with it is also like a 
Saturn, I'm keeping my, up my end of the bargain. And what I find right. with this is like, not only do you get the help and the support in this area, but also it keeps, well, not maybe entirely, but if there's other areas where like Saturn needs a job to do and starts kind of creating problems in other areas, it keeps the focus. It's like um, giving giving Saturn a job. Hmm. respectfully keeps it engaged in a way where it's not going to come maybe knocking on your door so hard about something else. Hmm. Well, it sounds like because you're actively engaging with it, like seeing how, you know, how can you help me? What do I need to do that you are, good, that you are good at instead of just ignoring it, pretending that it's not there and then having it find the ways that it wants to work in your life. It's, like you said, a two-way, uh, a, a communication instead mm -hmm. of, um, <laughs> an intrusion or, um, or, you know, surprises. Yeah, exactly. What about the moon and the sun? Can you do the same thing? Mm -hmm. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be a little bit different cause it'll depend like where your moon is, but your moon is about how you like to be taken care of and how you caretake at like uh, the, at okay. a base level. Yeah. And so, a lot of folks um, typically, well, I can't say a lot of folks, I'll just speak for myself. <laughs> from from what I've seen, there's like a, a lot of times on um, the moon's day, which is Monday, uh, it's it could be a beautiful time to um, do any type of self-care activities that you really enjoy. Mm. It could be something like, you know, cooking yourself a delicious meal. It could, it's just this act of like whatever would feel nurturing to you or whatever would nurture someone else. Like mm. we could, mm. that would be a way. And so if your moon, um, it just kind of just depends. It's a little bit like I would say softer uh the moon's domain is also emotions and so if you're going through some difficult transits maybe saturn is making an aspect to your moon or whatnot there might be additional things that you think about uh that would either provide comfort or help remediate that experience so um, like you could ask the moon like help me through a breakup or mm -hmm. something like that yeah, that's a great example. Venus might be a good, good helper in that, um, as well as a Saturn, like, and they all can work in different ways. Like Mars can be very protective and like protect the heart where mm. the moon could provide nurturance for it. And Venus could help provide, um, alternative ways of connecting maybe with other people in your life. And so there's, it's really like a team of of helpers mm. in a lot of ways, but yeah. And then and the it, sun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, tell me about the sun. That's yeah. And I sun... know a lot of people have a hard time being seen. Yeah. One of them. So I feel like the sun would be good to work with for that. Yes. And for me, um, one of the, I, my son is in the eighth house in whole sign houses. And so that is a really interesting experience. It's again, one who is like, okay, maybe I'm not so comfortable um, being seen as well. And so working with the sun for me has been about like, help me to see how other people see me because I have mm. trouble seeing myself because of mm. where my son is in the chart. And that has been really helpful wow. um, and helped me with um, just being more, getting more comfortable with being more visible and sharing my work. Yeah. So would that look like journaling? Like just, you were saying before with Saturn, just like writing to the sun and being like, help me to see myself in this light and that kind of thing. I think that would be a, I, I like journaling just generally. And, yeah. and again, the whole thing with all of these things that they have in common is getting in touch with what it is that you really want yeah. and then putting that intention behind it. And so I find writing is just one, the one way that I do it. Other folks might find, um, that there's some other type of creative expression, like maybe art making or collage mm. or some, some other way might help them get more in touch with that. Like it doesn't mm. have to look like writing or journaling. It's just yeah. for me, that seems to be um, really helpful in 
helping us slow the mind down enough mm. to really like explore some of these topics. But yeah, so um, writing in a journal to the sun, um, another way to do it would be that I could see would be again, the, on the sun's day, carving a glyph, the sun's glyph oh, in, the, yeah. in the candle and doing that. Um, also wearing sun colors mm. or sun uh, gemstones. So like the sun's colors, obviously like yellow, uh-huh. um, eating sun foods like citrus. Like these are all ways that you can engage and add dimension mm. to your ritual. And it's just bringing in these correspondences that also have um, spiritual energies that are uh, in relationship to the sun as well. Yeah. I mean, maybe because we are more ethereal to me, it feels very like very easy to think about connecting just with the energy of it. And even just Mm -hmm. like having a ritual where you say hello, like, could that be a ritual if you just like wake up and say hello to whatever planet you're working with and thank it and um then maybe ask for assistance yeah and I think watching like the sun is the moon moves pretty fast but the sun moves pretty fast too like we have these seasonal activities that you can do like we're in Sagittarius season because the sun is in Sagittarius right now Think of all the amazing holidays and celebrations we have that are very Sagittarian. They're very Jupiterian. Everything's mm. very jovial. There's lots of celebrating and um, feasting. And that's a very solar uh, yeah. ritual right now because mm. of the sun in Sagittarius. So just even following the sun through the seasons and doing yeah. seasonal activities is another way to connect with the sun as well you mean like through the signs Mm -hmm. through the the signs well because there's like Sagittarius season is like you know the uh it's the transition from fall to winter and so and then Capricorn season starts on the winter solstice so it's kind of just marking these right transitions through the signs is one way well, and it's easy because it's, uh, we can just look outside and you know, we know what the weather is and we know what the season is and right. can kind of connect with that energy. And then you're also getting the sun through that sign. The other way I would recommend for the sun is like thinking about like your own sun, learning about your own sun placement in your natal chart. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's, I think really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Mine's the most hidden. Yes. I wanted to ask, so it sounds like ritual, I mean, the definition that you gave at the beginning, something that has um, meaning and intention and something that you repeat on, I guess you didn't say about repeating, but I'm wondering if repetition is part of ritual. And it, it also sounds kind of like ritual can be as formal or casual as you want it to be, or as you're called to make it. Is that true? Yeah. I love what you just said, because my whole thing, what I I think I have it on my website, I talk about casual ceremony because a lot of astrological magic and planetary magic is very, um, can be very inaccessible, Mm -hmm. but then we can through just enjoying through our emotions and our intentions and just the enjoyment of the activity, have it be very casual and approachable and still be effective with the repetition. Mm -hmm. So I find too repetition. um, One of the ways that I like to use ritual is for folks that are breaking cycles, which, you know, I consider myself a a cycle breaker in my family for certain things. Mm -hmm. And you know, belief can get so entrenched. And Mm. if we're trying to build new beliefs, that's really difficult, especially um, if we don't have a, a skill or a process of dealing with it when the emotions come up, like we can often recognize it, but we can create a ritual around that. And Mm. so when I feel this way, this is what is a signal to me that might be happening and I can stop and reframe it or I can journal it or whatever that might be. And over time, that repetition helps us to 
create new pathways in the brain for how we respond to mm -hmm. those stimuli. And yeah, so repetition is absolutely. And then of course, too, if it's something that's pleasurable, um, like my skincare routine mm -hmm. in the evening, you know, I look forward to that and it's something yeah. that also brings me joy. Um, yeah. So it's just that, that process. And so exactly they can, you can be like, think of a big, um, wedding ceremony, like a, a one in a, like a, a cathedral maybe. And there's all kinds of, um, pomp and circumstance. And I don't know the things anymore, but there's all of these different pieces of the ceremony that you observe and do, and it can be very formal. And yet people also go and they elope, you know, at sunset on the beach. And it's just with just the two of them and they're efficient. And that's kind of like a pretty standard type of example, but that's how I think about like ritual within ourselves too. Like you can ritualize anything for the most mm. part. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay. Unfortunately we have to wrap up, but I do, I just want to ask one more question. Yeah. So, like for thing, how would you ritualize? Like, okay. So I mentioned like a breakup. So mm -hmm. talking to Venus, but like, what about something like, um, transit like if you have a hard time with transitions or something more like ethereal like that mm -hmm. is there a way to like um yeah to create a ritual I swear my I feel so uncreative because the only thing I can think of is lighting a <laughs> just being like okay I'm devoting this to my for myself I'll light this candle to like help me deal with whatever it is and was the trend when you talk about transition, is it like life transition or is it like transition well, of like, I have an appointment at one o'clock and I have to get there on time. Like that time. Oh, I was thinking more like, I, cause personalizing this, like I was just thinking about a theme this year was like so many transitions mm -hmm. that we've had. Like life transitions. Yeah. Life gotcha. transitions. Yeah. 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 And for me, it's what I found to be helpful is knowing that like reassuring that I'm not going to get it right all the time. Like some mm. of these are a little bit more. So it's like, okay, when I catch myself, maybe being mean to myself oh, okay. on the inside, yeah, I would stop when I was had a difficult transition, I would stop and I would literally say out loud to myself, Aaron, you are doing a hard thing. No, oh, that's sweet. It's not linear, and I love you. Oh, and love that, that was enough to like just. And so it was in that moment of catching, of saying, "You are doing the work. It's not always going to go perfectly. It's not always going to materialize right away." But like we, so often we think we're so far from where we're yeah. trying to get to, and we yeah. just can't see it in the moment that we're actually doing it. We're doing the thing. And so uh, that could even be the ritual. The ritual yes. is, oh, when I notice this, I stop and say these words. Correct. Oh, I love that. And it might be, yeah. you know, and I think that's the thing. It's like having compassion for ourselves in yeah. those moments that, you know, if we continue to pick ourselves apart, that's not going to help, you know? Yep. No, that's for sure. Yeah, but I love the idea of thinking of that as a ritual, not as like, um, because it does somehow make that more enjoyable. Like mm -hmm. when I'm, yeah, when you're like trying to change a habit, let's say, that's what I was thinking of other ethereal kind of thing. I mean, that's not ethereal, but like, it's kind of like the idea of it. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, like if you have, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, I use that um, when I, I went through a pretty bad breakup that I didn't see coming. And that was a really hard one for me. And it took me a long time. And I realized like I was languishing in the memories and it kind mm. of like, and so when I would catch myself in it, I'd be like, why can't you just move on? And I'm like, that's not helpful. No. So it was like just right. reframing that. And, and over time it totally worked. And so exactly. Yeah. It can be something as simple as an agreement you make with yourself when I experience this, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, I, what were you going to say, Brett? I just really like the idea of like thinking of what you just said of like being kind to yourself out loud. 
um, as a ritual is a slightly different framing to me than like, I'm going to give myself an affirmation when I'm feeling bad about myself, mm. because at least the way I'm thinking of it, the idea of it being a ritual also removes the requirement that I might have it on myself to mean it <laughs> when I, when I say it. So like, even if I am feeling down on myself and even if I am like really feeling that critical voice doing this ritual of saying out loud, these things um, like that has power. Like the, I, I mean, that feels very powerful to yeah. me. Yeah. And you, thank you for sharing that. Cause you just reminded me, Jessica Dorr uh, has a quote and I can't remember where I heard this or from exactly at the moment, but it was something of like, you don't have to like yourself. You don't have to love yourself to be kind to yourself. Mm. And that was such a, like a moment for when we're in those super sticky places of Mm. saying, yeah, I'm going to show myself compassion, even though I'm feeling maybe not so great about my behavior or what I've been doing or what I've been up to. And it makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all really, obviously that's like a real inner child thing to do a parent, a reparenting thing to do. But I like this idea of, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's something about thinking of it as a ritual that makes it, um, I feel like it kind of takes like it infuses that inner parent into it because like when we're ritualizing something, it's like you need a kind of parental element. And I think that, I mean, cause like kids maybe do rituals without realizing it, but like consciously um, it just helps. I think too, because a lot of times when we're in those down places, we're merged with our inner child. It's very hard to like bring that adult online um and so this idea of like no but i have a ritual it's like that kind of helps to bridge that and to bring the adult in yeah and i think too what you just brought up is like another good point about the practice of it like when we start something we're not good at it usually and it might feel uncomfortable or weird but it's the repetition that we we get better at it over time yeah 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 well this is great we didn't even get to why you call your practice slow magic but <laughs> uh, we should have yeah you should come back so we can focus on that because that's I, i'm very interested in that yeah yeah i would love that and where can everyone find you i am on the internet at slowmagic.com and that's magic spelled m-a-g-i-c-k and i am on instagram at slow.magic as well and so that's where folks can find me and are days. you writing in your Substack? yes frequently? oh thank you i forgot yeah. about that yeah the, mm-hmm. my Substack you can get to from my website or my instagram account and it's called the nature of invisible things and how often are you writing there um i have taken a brief hiatus recently <laughs> but i'm about every other week oh, right okay. now on the Substack. yeah great all righty. Well, thanks again. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, so today, since um, I'm doing the energy report for all of December in my Substack, which comes out, oh, today, actually, probably. So if you would like to read me and my guide's take on December, please head over there but in the meantime i'm going to pick a card Great. for the what, next couple of weeks what what deck are you uh, we are using? reading from i am reading from the sacred cycles oracle guidebook which by the way i yeah. just remembered was a um gift in a goddess provisions box oh. which if you go over to goddessprovisions.com and put in uh well actually there's a special link in the show notes um, but if you put in the code, woo listeners, you get at least 10% off the box and they don't do any other, um, what am I trying to say? Discounts. Uh, yeah. On monthly boxes. And let me tell you, this monthly box is the best. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read from Sa- the sacred cycles, Oracle guidebook. Is that by somebody or is it anonymous? By Jill Pyle and M. Dewey. Oh, good old Dewey. <laughs> Can you love, imagine if there was an anonymous system? 
<laughs> Can you imagine if there was an anonymous deck? I, I did imagine it. I thought it might be a thing, like it was, you know, written by enough people, like it's just put out by a company or something. I see. This card I picked was is called Mother. Oh, AKA Taylor Swift. I'm just kidding. People, have you not heard that? The kids today call a lot of people mother, and they often call. We talked about this, actually. Yeah, but not just know. Taylor Swift. No, but it's very common that you'll see people go mother and whenever <laughs> something. Occasionally. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm very up on the Gen Z lingo. Yeah. Um, the Gen okay. Z lingo. Mm-hmm. I love myself unconditionally is the uh, subheading of this card. The archetype of profound nurturing and service, the mother, ensures that a loving embrace caresses all those who are in need of a tender touch. Boundless compassion shines down upon you through the guidance of the Divine Mother, and fertile abundance in all its form awaits you with a reminder that you are so deeply cared for. All parts of you are welcome and celebrated here. You are being encouraged to open up to connecting with patient role models who may share their wisdom and guide you along your journey. You will discover profound blessings through acts of service and seeking ways to care for others. This becomes a growing cycle of nourishment and fertility for you and those who the those you reach with your gifts. I really needed that one today, honestly. Mm. Um, journal prompt is, how open am I to receiving care? How do I provide care for others? Mm. Loving it. Yeah. You know, we were talking about rituals, and uh, I forgot, like, one of my, um, or I should say one of the most common rituals that i think is super supportive is picking a card every day from an oracle Mm. deck or tarot yeah and then writing it down and journaling or just picking one to support your day i love that yeah um all right everybody thank you so much for listening we appreciate you we're grateful for you Mm. and we'll see you next time bye